When we talk about the temple, what comes to mind? Sacrifices? Rituals? Well, yes, but it's much more than that. When the temple is reduced to just religion, we miss God's original intent. If the church is merely trying to replicate the temple system, we are prone to commit the same mistake as Israel did. It's time to get into some serious temple talk. Hi, this is Hansen from Archippus Awakening, a ministry dedicated to the awakening of the saints to know and fulfill our God-given kingdom assignments. And this is what Kingdom 101 is all about. We revisit kingdom fundamentals to know Jesus our King, to embrace His kingdom that we may receive and move on kingdom assignments according to His kingdom ways. Let's read our passage for today. Matthew 24 verses 1 to 3. Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming, and of the end of the age. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you once again, Lord, for giving us your word. Lord Jesus, we want to proclaim you through this study. Holy Spirit, bring us understanding so that we can move according to how you desire. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Matthew 24 verses 1 to 3 is about the temple, and more precisely, the temple's destruction. This passage opens with a very key and telling phrase, Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple. In our study of Matthew 21, 22, and 23, we have seen that the temple was the battleground of contention and confrontation between Jesus and the religious leaders. Having exposed their hypocrisy, pride, and rebellion, there's nothing else left to say or to do except to leave. And as Jesus and his disciples leave the temple, some of them wowed and marveled at the buildings of the temple. In Mark 13 verse 1, one of them remarked, Teacher, see what manner of stones and what buildings are here. Luke 21 verse 5 records, Then as some spoke of the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and donations. Jesus then predicts the destruction of the temple. Do you not see all these things? I tell you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. They must have been surprised to hear that. Well, when they get to the Mount of Olives, which is directly opposite the temple, the disciples ask Jesus privately, according to Mark, it might have been Peter, James, John, and Andrew, when will the supposed destruction take place? And this is followed by, when is the sign of your coming, Lord? presumably to restore the kingdom. In their understanding, that would signal the end of the age. In the minds of the disciples, the destruction of the temple, the restoration of the kingdom, and the end of the age, all these three events were very closely related. Temple removed, the king shows up, the kingdom is finally here. Kingdom restored, fullness of the messianic kingdom experienced, end of story, full stop, amen. 
But as far as Jesus was concerned, the temple was already done away with. It was nothing but a religious system, a shell, a sham. And by the way, Jesus leaves religious systems. By the end of that Passover week, Jesus would be crucified by those in charge of the temple. And when he was raised on the third day, he raised up a new temple of his body, made up of a new messianic community of believers, and thus fulfilling his own words, John chapter 2, verses 19 to 22, that he was speaking of the temple of his body. Post-resurrection, in the 40 days before his ascension, I believe Jesus would have explained everything to his disciples, that the believers of Jesus would be the body of Christ, the temple of God. And this decouples the physical destruction of the temple and the coming of Jesus. Now, when the temple was finally destroyed in 70 AD, they were prepared for the challenges through his teachings in Matthew 24 and 25. Now, the kingdom is already here, but not yet. That the coming of the Son of Man will be soon, but not yet. And while waiting, stay awake and alert. Watch the signs, heed the warnings, follow the instructions, remain faithful, fulfill kingdom assignments. But what about this temple, right? This talk of the temple. Was Jesus really done with the idea of a temple? Or was he merely done with the way the temple had become? What does it mean then for the body of Christ, kingdom people, to be the temple? What does that have to do with his coming and the restoration of the kingdom? See, when we talk about the temple, we must know what we are talking about and referring to. For this, we must know what the temple was about and for. And so let's continue with our temple talk. Mention temple and we immediately think of religion and rituals involving sacrifices and offerings. Well, not entirely wrong, but it is so much more than that. The temple was fundamentally about residence and relationship. God's residence, God's house, and God's dwelling in close relationship with His people, God's house or God's family. Now, where and when did it all begin? If it were only about sacrifice, then the first Passover in Egypt would be a good start point. But since it is about residence and relationship, we have to go back way further than Egypt, all the way back to Eden. God's intent was always to have relationship with those He created in His image, His kingdom representatives on earth. God walked with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, His earthly residence. Now through them, as they multiplied, God would have relationship with all of humanity, filling the earth with His glory and His presence. That was the intent and plan. However, as we know, through deception and disobedience, sin entered the world, affecting both God's residence and relationship with His creation. So for this reason, the sacrificial system was put in place. The temple, it was a temporary measure, get it? That God could once again dwell with His people and have relationship. 
This was very clearly stated to Moses in Exodus 25 and verse 8. Let them make me a sanctuary, that I may dwell among them. God's residence had to be holy, because He is holy. Hence, the sanctuary, which means a holy place, one that was set apart for God. Now remember the intent. God wants to dwell, to tabernacle, to abide, to remain, to reside amongst His people for relationship. As in the garden when He walked with Adam and Eve. Now in the wilderness, the cloud and the fire above the tabernacle were physical manifestations of His presence and glory among His people. When the first temple was dedicated, God's presence and glory filled the temple. Unfortunately, over time, the temple became a religious system, an empty shell, only to be used, misused, and abused. Instead of a relationship with God, it became a restricted area for a select few. The Most High was held and hidden in the Most Holy Place. Even worse, the temple system and religion became cultic and superstitious, idolatrous even, leading to complacency. Israel thought that as long as they had the temple, everything would be swell. Jeremiah was sent to break this wrong, dangerous and deceptive mindset. Addressing the people going to the temple, amend your ways and your doings, and I will cause you to dwell in this place. Do not trust in these lying words saying, The temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these. Let's paraphrase this. If you don't amend your ways, the temple won't help you one bit. Did that wake them up? No. Finally, Ezekiel prophesies and declares the departure of God's glory from the temple. One thing is very clear. God leaves religious systems. His residence and relationship is with His people, not religious systems. You see, even when Israel was exiled, when there was no temple, God's presence was still with them. Returning after 70 years, they rebuilt the temple. Another chance to make things right. But it didn't take long for the temple system to be used, misused and abused all over again. Not only was it ritualistic, it also became legalistic. Finally, under Herod, to get into the good books of the Jews, the temple was refurbished and extended over many, many, many years. It looked impressive and glorious, but God's presence and glory was not in it. Be careful, not everything big and impressive is of the Lord. God cannot be contained in a physical establishment or any establishment, institution or organization. As Stephen declared in Acts chapter 7, verse 46, the Most High does not dwell in temples made with hands. Although King David had great intentions to build God a house, God was more interested in building David a different type of house, a family, a nation, a people. 
through the Davidic line, Messiah will come. And through Messiah, the Christ, God's own house and family will be built. Not a physical temple, but a body of kingdom believers in Christ, in whom he resides and has relationship with, a people who will carry his presence and reveal his glory. At the appointed time, God himself came in the person of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. John chapter 1, verse 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt to pitch a tent, the tabernacle, among us, and we beheld his glory. Notice the same intent and purpose to dwell and tabernacle with his people, for them to see his glory and to share his glory with others. The tabernacle or the temple was never about religion or rituals, but always about God's glory and his presence. God's residence for the purpose of relationship with his people. From the beginning, that was the intent and that has never changed. Put another way, the coming of Jesus was to make a way for God and men to dwell together and have relationship again. That way was made open by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. In Christ, through His perfect sacrifice on the cross, we are restored into right relationship with God. In Christ, believers become God's house, His temple, he takes residence in and among His people. There is no longer a need for a physical establishment with all its religious rituals. It has always been about residence and relationship. See, when the Holy Spirit was given at Pentecost, God's glory returned to the temple. His people, collectively, together, we are the temple of God, of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 and 17 reminds us, Do you not know that you, and this is a plural, you all together are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? We are the living stones that make up this temple. Peter says it clearly in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 to 5 that you also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood. Now take note, individually, I myself, I'm not the temple. And you on your own, you are not a temple. We together are the temple. We are living stones. And this means that our personal lives, our individual actions, they're all interconnected. We affect one another in the body of Christ because today, Together, we are the temple of God. Since Eden, God's original intent never changed. He desires residence and relationship in and with His people. And this invitation is extended to everyone. Habakkuk 2.14 prophesies, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Isaiah 11 verse 9 also in that day, the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. How is this to be achieved? I believe this refers to the spiritual temple of God, 
the body of Christ, spreading out across the whole world, carrying the presence of God and revealing His glory through the entire earth. In that day, at the end of the age, when Jesus returns, restores and establishes His kingdom fully, He will be revered, honoured and worshipped by all. The knowledge of the glory of the Lord will fill the earth as the waters cover the sea. We are not there yet. It remains a hope to be realized. The hope of glory. It was once believed that this was reserved only for the Jews who had the temple. The mystery has now been revealed among the Gentiles. Christ in you, that's plural again, in you all, Christ in each and everyone who believes. The hope of glory. What a privilege to house and reveal His glory. But it also comes with responsibility. That's why Paul labored hard to warn and to teach that he may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Finally, Revelation 21-22 states very clearly that in the new heaven, the new earth, in the new Jerusalem, there is no temple. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. There's no longer a need for any physical temple. God dwells with His people, fully fulfilling Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, Emmanuel, God with us, residence and relationship. When we talk about the temple, we must be very clear which temple we are referring to. Religion and rituals or residence and relationship? One is to be fully aligned with God's intent. The other is total misalignment. So, after all the temple talk, what did we learn about the temple or about being the temple? Allow me to share five points with you. Number one, Jesus is not in religious systems. He's in his residence. Matthew 24 verse 1 reminds us, Jesus went out and departed from the temple. You won't find Jesus in religious systems. He's not there. Ezekiel announced the departure of God's glory and presence from the whole temple idea. Jesus did just that. He went out and departed from the temple. See, there's no glory in religious systems. You won't find Jesus there. Instead, you will find Jesus in his residence, in his house, at home. How do we do that? Just believe? Go to church? Oh, that's a good start. But be careful that you don't end up in yet another religious system. Where is home? What is home? John chapter 14 verse 23 states this very clearly. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. We all know that a house is not necessarily a home. Home is where real relationships take place. And according to John 14.23, relationship with Jesus, with God, looks like this. Love Jesus, that's good relationship, yeah? But keep His word. Obey Him. 
Jesus is not into religious systems. You can't find him there. Is Jesus at home in you, his residence? Is Jesus with you in relationship? Secondly, number two, religion chokes out the life of the kingdom. In Matthew 24, verse 3, the disciples asked Jesus, When will these things be, the destruction? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? The disciples had the right idea when they linked the destruction of the temple system, i.e. religion, with the coming of Jesus, which is the restoration of the kingdom. If you want a kingdom, get rid of religion or religiosity. If you want the fullness of the kingdom, get out of the emptiness of religion. Because religion chokes out the life of the kingdom. It is a form of godliness that has no power. Get out of religion. Get into the kingdom. At the end of religion is where you find that the kingdom actually begins. The removal of religion marks the beginning or the restoration of the kingdom in your life and in your relationship with God. When you have a revelation of the kingdom, you won't want religion anymore. Once you understand residence and relationship, you will no longer be satisfied with religion and rituals. Don't let religion choke the kingdom life out of you, leaving you dry and empty. Let the Christ life live, rule and reign in you. Enjoy relationship with the King Himself and experience the fullness of the kingdom. Number three, Jesus is not impressed with big buildings or with big brand names, and we shouldn't be either. Matthew 24, verse 2, Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? Surely I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. The disciples were very impressed with the temple establishment. Jesus wasn't. He saw through everything. Today, many are drawn to big churches, brand names, big screens, sound and lights, programs and activities. Not that these are bad or wrong. However, we must also realize that big doesn't always mean healthy. Not everything big and impressive is of the Lord. In certain countries, there are many big and beautiful church buildings, great architecture. But these have become museum pieces, religious ruins and relics, empty, good only as tourist attractions. The writer of Hebrews warns that God is in the business of shaking again and again. God will throw down stones and remove things that are not of the kingdom. Mind you, these words were spoken in the context of the temple and the sacrifice system. Soon after, that temple was destroyed in 70 AD. As the temple of God today, as living stones that make up God's spiritual house, we are not to be impressed with all these outside facades and big stuff. Our part is always to check that we line up with Jesus, the cornerstone. Help one another check alignment with Jesus and His kingdom as correct reference points. Make sure it's sound doctrine, not just something that's fancy and looks good. Check alignment with one another. Provoke one another to love and to good works, knowing and fulfilling our kingdom assignments. Remember, 
not everything big and impressive is of the Lord. Number four, don't rebuild, replicate, and revert to the old temple system. I'm not against structure and order and corporate gatherings. However, if we would look at how churches are organized and run, it looks very much like the temple systems of old. Professional clergy and staff, we call them the priests and the Levites, rather hierarchical, don't you think? Collection of tithes and offerings to maintain the temple, the building, the grounds, to pay salaries. Church location, building as holy ground and places where everything happens. The idea that God's presence is only found and experienced in a church or a place or revival can only take place in a certain locations. Hence, we must get to church and we must get to that place. It's not the place, it's the people. See, like the old temple, over time, church can also become a religious system and an empty shell, only to be used, misused, and abused. It can become cultic and superstitious too, idolatrous even, and can lead to complacency. We think that as long as we attend church services regularly, participate in its activities every now and then, we would be okay and God would be okay with that. I don't think so. And if leadership is not careful, it can also open the way for issues we've already explored. Church can become a commercial place. Uh, it opens ourselves up to corruption, uh, power, money, uh, manipulation, uh, complacency, as we've mentioned, as well as compromise. And even worse, church can then become clubbish and then closed. Don't rebuild, replicate, and revert to the old temple system. The new temple is no longer a place or a building. It's the people of God. That's us. And together, we are God's house, His family, residence, the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are a holy nation, a holy people, a royal priesthood under a new order of Melchizedek, who is Christ Himself. In that, we offer our bodies as living sacrifices holy and acceptable, and this is a priestly duty and expectation of priestly service and worship. And as His temple, we are to carry His presence and to reveal His glory, to represent God to others and to represent others to God. Don't rebuild, replicate, and revert to the old temple system. Be the new temple. And lastly, number five, it's about coverage, not containment. Think of your internet connection. Would you like to try to find a spot and be stuck in that spot just that you can only get connection from there? Or would you prefer a wide coverage for good and consistent connection? Obviously, you want coverage. And it is what God wants too. For the knowledge of His glory to fill and cover the earth. Coverage. See, in the old system, God's presence and glory, His influence, became confined and contained in the temple. This should be the opposite, that people were supposed to carry their glory out to their own areas of influence, coverage. Sadly, church has also become like that because we have replicated the old temple system. We don't hide or hold God in the Holy of Holies. We house the Most High in the Holy of Holies of our hearts. Some say that we are to host His presence. 
sounds nice. But that's not right because that makes us the host and that makes us the owner of the house. Not at all. God is the owner and has access to every space in His house. If we understand what it means to be the temple of God, we are the ones who provide that coverage that people are looking for. When others come into contact with believers, they encounter God in His residence because He's at home in us. And they get to interact with someone who has a real relationship with God, not some religious order or a legalistic person. When others meet us, they encounter His presence, His power, righteousness and holiness, as well as His love and His grace. We may gather as the church in the assembly area, but we also scatter as the church into our areas of operation. The instruction is not just to come to church, but also to go and make disciples of all nations. The more we receive in Christ and from Christ in the assembly area, the more we will reveal Christ in our areas of operation through our kingdom assignments. See, we are traveling temples as it were. We go where God goes and God goes where we go. We cannot and must not be contained and confined in a church building. We are to extend and provide the coverage the world needs. For many, we may be that connection that is needed for them to know, experience and believe in Jesus Christ. The knowledge of the glory of God is about coverage, not containment. The hope of realizing the coverage of this glory is not found in more church programs or activities or campaigns. It is found and already provided for in the house of God, Christ in us, the hope of glory. It's about coverage, not containment. We've been talking quite a bit about the temple. So what is the temple to you? Which have you subscribed to? Religion and rituals? Or God's residence in you and your relationship with Him? While it is easier to follow a set of rituals and fulfill just a religious duty, this is not what God intended. From the beginning, it has always been about God's desire to dwell and to be with His people, residence and relationship. Let's close with a quick review of the five key points. Remember, Jesus is not in religious systems. He wants to make His home in us and to have relationship with us expressed through love and obedience. Religion chokes out the life of the kingdom. To experience the fullness of the kingdom, recognize and realize the emptiness of religion. When religion is removed, the restoration of the kingdom begins. Get out of religion. Get into the kingdom. Jesus is not impressed with big church buildings or large brand names, and we shouldn't be either. Not everything big and impressive is of the Lord. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Make sure you have the kingdom because that's the only thing that remains. Don't rebuild, replicate, and revert to the temple system. The church is the people of God, the temple of the Holy Spirit. 
Jesus saved us into residence and relationship, not religion and rituals. Don't go back to a religious order or system. And finally, the temple is about coverage, not containment. The temple is no longer confined to a place or a building. Don't hide the Most High in the Holy of Holies. House the Most High in the Holy of Holies of our hearts. God's glory is not to be confined or contained. Where God goes, we go. Where we go, God goes. As His people spread out, God's glory will cover the earth as the water covers the sea. This hope will be fully realized at the coming of Jesus. Until then, we live out Christ in us, the hope of glory. Enough temple talk. It's time to walk the talk. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for showing us your intent once more. Residence, relationship. Thank you for sending Jesus to make that way open for us, to be your house, your people, your nation, your temple. Help us to live this out correctly, that we do not confine you anymore, that we are not stuck in one place, but that we will spread out and be that connection for people to know you and to experience you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining me for another Kingdom 101 teaching. For past teachings, visit our website, kingdom101.archipusawakening.org. Until the next time, this is Hanson signing off. Stay awakened, aligned, and assigned. God bless you.